running is the simplest thing you can do. I think we all know that. It's nearly childhood in its simplicity yeah, I like to be and beauty. Today, I can find a piece of technology to measure and supposedly improve every aspect of When did running free mean becoming completely shackled to things like Strava, your smartwatch, your whoop, space-age shoes? Do elite records today mean less now that they are technologically assisted in the way they are? Well, who better to talk to about this than the Queen of Irish Athletics, the GOAT, Sonia O'Sullivan, down under. Sonia, good to have you back. Good to be back from the land down under. Is this my first, our first connection? it is. Here is it, how are you? Yeah, very clear clear line. The time goes by quickly. Yeah. Yeah, good to be back, and um, yeah, with the Dublin Marathon aside, and moving on from that to the next stage of where yeah, we're at. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, your advice last time on the show, if you guys missed it, I was saying, well, what do you do now that you've kind of scaled that particular mountain? You've built that shed in your back garden. You've showed people the shed. Uh, you've got the medal to prove it. And your advice was get back to just being a runner and just enjoying running and I I was so excited when you said I was like yeah all of this measurement and all of this times it's I probably gotten away from that and I think everybody who does run a marathon gets gets away from that a bit and that was what got me thinking about this topic that even then trying to free run nowadays with a smartwatch on your wrist it's it's not as straightforward anymore is it no, it's we are. I think probably the majority of runners just get trapped into this whole thing where you can't go for a run without recording it, and mm. you know it's it's like as if you don't do it if it's not recorded, then did it actually happen? <laughs> Even <laughs> just for yourself, you know. I mean, it's not that you need to send it out to the world and everybody who's out there, but just for your own personal satisfaction of looking back on the completion of a run. I know I've been a bit like this. If I, you know, if you if you drive somewhere for a run or I think one day last week I was doing something and my watch, I think I was only going on the bike, but somehow my watch didn't charge. And then all of a sudden there's this kind of deflation nearly. Like, yeah. oh, I want to go now and I, my watch is dead what am I going to do <laughs> yeah there is the, I think everybody listening to this can associate that sense of but I must have my watch and yet there was a time when nobody had a watch <laughs> do you do you remember when the first one arrived when this era of tracking and measurement of even the most basic of runs began um, I was I was trying to remember there my first watch that I used to run with, and I I think I used to have one of these Iron Iron Man. Um, I forget who makes them now. But it was an Iron an Iron Man watch, and that you could mm. time yourself with. So it was probably the newer version of the Casio, and you could do your splits and different things. But there was no measurement on there. No, so the only accuracy you had is if you went to the track. Right. You were measuring every 400 meters. I can remember when the first Garmin came out and it was like, it was like wearing 
an iPhone on your wrist. Like it was a weird <laughs> rectangle shaped thing. If you look up the original Garmin, you'll see it. It was very like, yeah, like going around with a computer on you. <laughs> and even the yeah. ones that were a bit more kind of streamlined. I remember there was people would often make the comment like, you know, about people wearing the computer on their wrist. Oh, my God. I'm looking at it right now. The 205. <laughs> you, you look like back to the future with this yoke on. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, this, thing's, this thing is lowering your split times <laughs> by, by just being there. And the thing is, they weren't even very easy to use. Like they had, I don't think you could just press a button and go. Like you had to find the satellite, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, li- and stay and underneath the satellite. <laughs> line yourself with the sat- with the satellite. I remember the first time I had one of these was up in Falls Creek, and um, because that was one of the places where there's no real measurements at all. There's no track up there, and we used to measure our 400 meter reps and 1k reps with these like ski poles that were about 200 feet apart whatever that is you know Mm. (laughs) we used to do all these weird calculations so this was going to be like new age you know to have a Garmin up there but I definitely don't remember it being very good initially it took it definitely Mm. took me a while to get to be more as efficient as they are now and as you know I suppose streamlined streamlined as they are now yeah and something's lost along the way Right. Some some element of the thing I mentioned at the start, the freedom and the kind of the childlike aspect to it, or even just the sheer release of I'm I know I did a thing and I know that in my heart. Uh, perfect example. This weekend, I went to do Poppentry Park Run, my local park run. Great people. Great course. Absolutely love it. Even when we've had a wet night. It's just a perfect uh, 5K to do. And it was my first hard effort since the Dublin Marathon. And I made a point of wearing a long sleeve or wear something over the watch so that I wouldn't be looking at it because I was going to run on feel. Vinny had told me, go out at a good quick pace, nothing mental, and then give it a good hard push for the final two so that we can figure out what your max heart rate is and start training accordingly. Nesaya, I felt like I broke 20, <laughs> this yes. thing. Hard. I, 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 felt, I felt so positive uh, crossing the line. Uh, it was like it had been so much fun. I had really listened to what I'd been advised to do, and I really pushed for that final two and felt I found something. And then I looked down at my watch and it said 21.45, and I was depleted and heartbroken in some level. <laughs> I was like... The data told me not to be happy. And I, in the research for today's episode, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, how, how are we doing this to ourselves? That we're no longer relying on what a run feels like. We're, we're letting the numbers tell us what we should be proud of. Do you get what I'm saying with this? Yeah, that's exactly like the reaction, I suppose, that we're going to talk about here tonight, today how the watch is it affects your how you feel or how you yeah your reaction to something you've done and Mm. we're so reliant on the numbers and so connected with the numbers that you you lose touch with the actual feeling of running and the understanding of running 
and it's you know we're becoming a bit like robots nearly and programmed we're programming ourselves mm. you know that you think you're running under 20 minutes but your watch says you're not but your effort is probably equivalent to running under 20 minutes just that you've lost that little bit of fitness um so if you were to only look at your heart rate then it's probably the same effort as when you were running under 20 minutes when when you could do that you know a few months yeah. ago yeah uh, i mean that that is it in a nutshell isn't it that something something is changing and it's becoming more tech led than you know, internally led. Uh, you've done an awful lot of reading around this as as of I. We will talk about the super shoes because that is another part of this. Later in the show, we'll get a little deeper into, you know, whether whether records stand for what they stand for, what they used to stand for. What what is the impact? What what is the chat in the community of elite coaches? Uh, it's obviously changing the sport from that end to Sonia. Has there become, has a little bit of super shoe fatigue set in or super track fatigue set in? Uh, or is that just a cohort or a clique of people that are uh, curmudgeonly around advances? Um, I think the super shoes have kind of been accepted at this stage and, you know, people just kind of, yeah, they don't really talk about them that much anymore. Um, mm. But I think, but then alongside that is, you know, when athletes do break records, I don't think people get that excited about them anymore, or at least the excitement doesn't last that long. Like it's not, you know, a huge deal as it used to be because it's kind of nearly expected now. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, you're equipped to do it now. So if you're a good enough mm. athlete and you're in the right shoes and you've trained in these shoes for such a long time that you're very efficient that of course you're going to break the record. So it's just expected now and it's nearly disappointment if the athletes don't run that fast. Um, you kind of sense the New York Marathon recently where they, particularly the women didn't run very fast at all, that you know they probably recovered so quickly that they'll be ready to run another marathon next month. That Bananas. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because the incentive wasn't really there to run super fast and to put in a big effort because even if they did put in a big effort, it might have been a relatively fast time, but it wasn't going to be anything, you know, compared to what people were running in Chicago and Berlin on the the faster, on the flatter, flatter courses. courses. Mm. Which, in, uh, well, you know, at the end of the day, it made for a better race. Yeah, it was more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to take you guys on my latest road trip now. I headed out to Dundalk for the 100th parkrun of a faithful listener, Mick Kinnahan. He gave me a shout and said, I've got my 100th parkrun coming up. I jumped in the car, went up the M1 uh, to see what the crack was in Dundalk and to celebrate this momentous day with Mick himself. Thank you. 
here. Dundalk Park Run, Carl Fleming, Mick Kinahan. Big day, Mick. 100 park runs. How does it feel? Oh, it's great to get there. I started in, 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 in 2016 and route done here was a big part of, of, of why I started <laughs> in, in, the, in the first place. Um, I love park run. I just absolutely love everything about it, the social part of it, the people. Like, Dundalk is not the most picturesque park run of all of them out there, but... The people are fantastic, and uh, that's that's why we keep. Can we stop to you after this? Let's get our briefing over here. I can hear them being rounded up. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 one, one big one. He doesn't want us to make. So I mean, I don't know whether I should call it name. He's doing his 100 park run today. Please don't make us. <laughs> <laughs> Job done, Mick Kinahan. Congratulations. Cake in hand. How does it feel? 100 done. Great. Look, perfect morning for it. And it, you know, get the season dark and all its beauty. We had serious numbers here this morning. Different people coming in from different areas and TY students and stuff like that. And that's what Parkrun's all about. Yeah, I mean, Mick, you're obviously a huge part of this community here. Like, you love it. What does it mean? I'm just one very small part. Like, I do meet a little bit of volunteering, a little bit, the same as everybody else should. Um, Brenda Hill, who's the run director here today, is one of the best run directors in the country. And um, yeah, it's just it's, it's a great crew, and that's what well, that's that's how these things work. And again, another shout out to Ruth Dunn walking around there. Yeah, Ruth's had her challenges this year, and she's she's still walking around the course. So a hundred. How long did it take you to get a hundred done? Uh, for me. Um, 2016, I think, was the first year. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, because I was calculating in my head that like, you could good, feasibly get it done in two years. Oh, yeah, well, I... Like, and if you doubled up. Mr Fleming here at the 250, do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I, I was there for that. Oh, oh, look at that. I never, I, never, I never catch him, I hope. And I hope I don't catch him. <laughs> I hope he keeps going as well. So um, uh, You were a man who was attempting to break 20 this year. I, I hope you don't mind me revealing that. <laughs> no, not at all. How did that work? out for you got injured did, did, I stopped doing the strength work at the start of the year and and, uh, that, and that page yeah stopped doing the strength work the, in, the injury the injury that I was managing collapsed on me so that all went out the window after like when I got back running then I was appreciating just running slow and enjoying exactly, it exactly yeah that's where yeah. I'm right now as well. yeah. yeah it's beautiful this is probably the first park run Carl that I've done where just smelled the roses and went out and just enjoyed it and just kind of had my thoughts on it rather than trying to blast it you know it's a whole different experience yeah you have to do that some Saturday mornings because uh, you, you just need to take it and enjoy it sometimes and, yeah. and let it be a time trial yeah. maybe once a month or yeah. once every six weeks or whatever because you're missing but, out on something yeah. if you don't do well, that, as yeah. you turn around here you see there's about a cakes yeah. for a thousand people here so on a day like today you just chill enjoy it yeah, yeah. but one of the cool things about this um, park run today is that I would never know Michael only for your, yourself and Sonia and the it's podcast the way it brings and people together I know we're going to be friends for, for life forever you yeah. know because don't know about that now but no, yeah, yeah, but, but, <laughs> But it's true to podcasts, like yes, you're yeah. so many like-minded people. That. But there's an overlap, though, with uh, the podcast and the kind of the park run ethos as well. Yes. In ter- so there's a good kind of overlap. It's about getting to do this rather than yeah. having to do it. 100%. Yeah. Carl, Mick, yeah. congratulations again. Thanks, many great park runs.
if you are someone who's approaching 100 park runs get in touch irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com maybe we'll take a drive down there maybe we'll convince Carl and Mick to come with me be a road trip boys Your own running, Sonia, you haven't been to a park run over there since you got back. I, I get that you find it tricky to kind of nestle in. And I'm sure that there's loads of Irish people abroad who understand this feeling that you're having now back in Australia. It takes a while to get your bearings a little bit and get into a routine over there. It does. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've, you know, I've been away for quite a long time since I think it was March last year. It was after the um, world when the world cross country was here, and yeah, you lose touch with, I suppose, your friends down here, and you lose touch with life down here. That you have to kind of refine yourself. And um, the funny thing is, I've actually bumped into an, a few Irish people <laughs> wandering around, just um, randomly, which is always really nice. Um, mm. There was a couple of girls, um, AFLW players um just saw them at a coffee shop the other day i wasn't even aware that not fully aware that the the finals are on at the moment and um then i kind of when i saw them there i realized it was and and they happened to be on the team that had just got knocked out <laughs> so they were they were out enjoying their coffee um, enjoying life again yeah enjoying life but yeah they love it you know they said it's, it's fabulous to be here i think there's 33 irish girls um playing AFLW, which is women's AFL. Wow, that's a lot. And yeah, I was watching a couple of games. Then, of course, because I was alerted to the fact that it was on, so, you know, you have to reintroduce yourself to to life and what's going on down here. And, um, yeah, so I watched a couple of the games, the semifinals on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the level of competition, it's not great. Um I'd be in trouble now for saying this, but maybe it was maybe, maybe the one game I was watching. Maybe the, the the difference of quality or the standard was Sydney against Adelaide, and I think Adelaide are one of the best, and Sydney are not one of the best. Um, okay, that's, yeah, it wasn't a very competitive game. One sided. So it was a bit one sided, and and the night before, I was after watching. After I had totally, I was on the bike the other day. Sinead was doing a session around the Albert Park Lake and um, I said because Australia were playing in the World Cup cricket which they actually won last night um, and everybody was talking about it because it was going on until like 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning and they were all staying up watching it and we were talking about cricket and saying I said to Sinead do you understand this cricket? Like, It's like another <laughs> language like I was trying to describe cricket as like when you walk into a room and it's on the television. Like, I I don't understand the score. Like, I I'd have to really sit down and think about it. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a mathematical it's, equation. Yeah, it is. So it's like French, you know. It's like yeah, I can probably make out a few of those words there, but I'm not. If so, and then if someone's on the phone and they say, "What's the score?" and I'm like, "Oh, I'm not sure." Um, <laughs> But then after you should be able to say who's winning. Yeah, it's true. I was at a a, a young GA match there uh, over the weekend, and like sport, when it is tight, it doesn't matter what it is. 
it's enjoyable. What we're talking about today is technological gains on that end of things that they've been accepted now. Now the playing field is level. The start of this was, well, would everybody have access to this new tech? Now everyone does. On we go. But in terms of our own lives as normies, you've done the reading. What stood out to you about some of the discussion around whether having a whoop or a smartwatch that can measure your sleep, your stress levels, your body battery, uh, the internal mechanisms that are you uh, can actually have a negative effect on your mental health. What was your take on that? Yeah, um, it can do. And I think, um, I suppose I've never really allowed myself to get too trapped into it. I do enjoy it. And I, I, I think my big takeaway from all the technology and the recording and analysis of, you know, every level of person's park run or easy morning run or whatever it is, is that if things are going good, then it's great. But, <laughs> and everyone's on board. But, you know, if you're in, you, you see this with lots of people. If they're injured and they can't run, um, if they're not feeling good, then they don't like it so much. And then they're not as engaged with it because it's not a positive part of your day. Mm, so you're it's quite just happy more to, negative feedback. Yeah, so you're quite happy to just ignore it um, and cast it aside. Yeah, and uh, in fact, one of the things I read said that if you are somebody that suffers with anxiety, that m maybe these aren't the best things for you and that some of the individuals, uh, this is a quote from this, Leah McGavy, MD, a psychiatrist, and regional director at the MindPath Health says that some of these individuals hide their trackers as they begin to perceive them as reminders of their perceived failure. So that's really what you were saying, that you, know, you can focus on what you're not doing. And the Strava element of this is comparing and the whole time seeing that your pace isn't what other people are doing. Uh, I'm definitely in that place at the moment because I've started to try and give low heart rate running a proper go. And this results in running very slowly, slower than I've ever run, maybe since the beginning of our journey with this, Sonia. Uh, have you ever really committed to this? And how uh, how odd do you find it when you've tried it? Um, I, I, I do like heart rate. Um, measuring but I've never really tried it for regular runs just for sessions and threshold and tempo type runs um, and I find it useful for that and I, I really like you know when you measure by time rather than distance and pace and mm. you can link that into the heart rate then to determine your effort um, but you know I've never really used it um, on a regular run. Now, what 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 are you using to measure your heart rate, or how are you measuring yeah, so, the heart rate? So I I bought myself a little Garmin chest strap. And, ah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can really get a really clear read on it, and then on my watch, I won't have the pace up. I won't have the distance up. I'll have nothing up, just the heart rate. Now, this is obviously on the advice. Uh, I'm being guided here by Vinny on this, Vinny Mulvey at, uh, in Ashburn. 
and what it's resulting is that I'm certainly seeing the fluctuation in my heart rate and trying to back it off and keep it in that zone too uh, that they talk about the sweet spot and yesterday I was not feeling great I just I'd had a long week I think I had (laughs) six nights out in a row if you can believe that and a trip to London thrown in there so by Sunday's long run my body was heart rate was going way up really early on in the run and I guess it's an example of tech actually being useful because if I didn't have the watch I would probably have done the run a lot harder and come home completely famished but instead the watch did and the strap told me do not push this today your heart rate is going way too high and sure enough this morning when I took a little reading when I woke up the uh, app that I'm using told me that you may have an illness coming on. <laughs> I was like, how does it know this? <laughs> because Tina's been sick and it measured some uh, element of the sympathetic, parasympathetic system that suggested that perhaps there's a dose in you. Uh, I don't know about your athletes, Sonia, when it comes to what they're measuring, but with Whoop, with these rings, what is it called, the Aura Ring, what would the typical Nike athlete be measuring? And is it just a whole nother level of measurement that uh, separates those athletes from your time at the elite level? Um, not totally. I mean, it, it can do. And there's a lot of stuff available to all the athletes. Um, but I think a bit like where we started tonight, a lot of them, they don't really want to be tied down to it. Really? Even though you know, it could be beneficial. Um, That's interesting. I know your friend, um, Brett Robinson, yep. <laughs> he was wearing a a whoop, I think, there before, mm-hmm. maybe before the marathon he ran, when he ran 207, I think he was using it and he found it really good for his monitoring his sleep. And he yes. definitely noticed, you know, if they had a late night or if they went out, that the measurements you know, they would reflect that. And um, it was very sensitive to, you know, the, I suppose, internal operations of your body and, you know, the fact that you might get, um, what would you say, like um, stressed or, um, you know, with the potential open to get sick or something like that, that it could kind Mm. of fend that off a little bit if you were paying attention to it. But yeah, Nike... We don't, I, I I think a few of them may have whoops or that ring thing. The aura ring, yeah. Does that measure the same thing as the whoop, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same. But that's that's fascinating because I would have thought that like Arsene Wenger at Arsenal was measuring absolutely every element. Are, are these athletes not weighed? Like I would assume that you're weighing athletes or at least seeing how much water they're losing at different times. No, they don't weigh That's no, that's uh, <laughs> that's off limits. Don't, don't mention the war. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Wow. No, now, why do you say that? It's a, weird, it's a weird one. Well, because you know some of the previous Nike teams, like um, the Oregon Project and things like that. I think they were known for weighing athletes and measuring their body fat. And oh, of course. And then like there that, was that yeah, there was now, certain scandal around that. The coaches 
like college coaches would be the same. They're very reluctant now to mm. focus on the weight of athletes. And um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because, you know, obviously if you're lean and you're fit and you're healthy, you're going to run better. Um, but it just doesn't seem like the track and field world for the most part of it is not mature enough to be able to have these discussions. Isn't that fascinating? Because like there's my background in sport is my father was a horse trainer for years and the discussion around jockeys and weight was daily because it made sense. The horse would go faster with a lighter jockey on board. But you say they're not mature enough. Is it a is it a maturity thing or is it that when this stuff gets when this data starts getting analyzed, we start getting personal. Um, yeah, I think it starts getting personal. But when I say mature, I don't mean the athletes. I mean, for the coaches, the sport. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sport itself is not like owning up to the fact that this is a measurement that we need to pay more attention to and to use more. And, and I'm sure some do more than others. It seems to be it has to come from the athletes. So that's it for the free version of Irishman Running Abroad for this week. There's, of course, another 30 minutes of discussion. And as you can tell, we're really about to get into the juicy stuff. We're going to talk about that diet issue. We're going to talk about the super shoes, the impact they've had, and Sonia's memories of the best and worst technological gimmicks connected to running. She was there, of course, for the very first of these super shoes. And how did it impact and what did it make her think about her own career? Could a heart monitor have prevented Atlanta from taking place? I talked to her about all of that. It's over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. For the price of a pint, you could sign up with no obligation and cancel any time you like. Trust me, you're going to enjoy it. Loads of you already do. There is, of course, the WhatsApp group that you can join as well. Just email me irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com and I can add you to the group discussion with loads of people just like yourself who are boring their family to tears with running, who need answers to questions their family don't have. That's the place to find it in the Irishman Running Abroad WhatsApp group. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 